Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Giuliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. You know, I was praying and I was saying, God, please talk to me about what you are saying to us as a land. And so today, rather than preaching a sermon, I'm going to share with you three things I feel God is saying to our nation. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? I just feel today to speak prophetically out of, uh, out of my prayer time. And um, first thing that I feel that God is saying is that I really believe that God's asking his people to step up. First thing is this. Step up. God's asking his people to step up. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it comes to mind. I don't think we can be in a scenario like this and Second Chronicles 7, uh, 14 not come to mind. It's like the first scripture that comes to mind. But this is what it says, and, and, and I just think it's so important that that we focus on the word if and put a big circle around the word if because the big circle around the word if says there's a condition. There's a condition and there's a promise. There's a promise and there's a condition. It says if my people who were called by my name and, and I think the next big circle that you need to put around is my people. Not, not those that are not God's people. It's like... The, the scripture is not written to the ungodly. This scripture is not written for those that are outside of the household of faith. This scripture is written to God's people. It's written to you and for me. If my people who were called by my name, how many of you know that there's a unique part of Australia that are God's people who were called by his name? How many of you feel that you're part of that unique people? I'm I'm God's person. I'm a God lover. I'm called by his name. And and so what the scripture says, when there's devastation in the land, when there's all sorts of things going on in the country, it's time for God's people to step up. It's time for God's people to step up. And and then, then it says what we can do. And so I love that. It doesn't just, it just doesn't say, you know, just sit at home. It says what you can do. And so then it moves on. It says, if my people who were called by my name will humble themselves. God loves humility. I'm telling you, there's nothing that attracts God's attention more than humility. Let's never be proud. Let's never be finger pointers. Let's never be people that just sit there and judge the world. I don't ever want to be one of these people that gets up on here and says, see, it's all your fault. See, God's judging you. God's doing this thing. I'm, I'm t- How are you going to win people with a finger of condemnation? Huh? This is what the Bible says. You as God's people take responsibility. You as God's people step up and humble yourselves and say, you know what? I can easily become proud and arrogant and say, it's all your fault. 
Or I can say, you know what? I'm called to step up at a time like this. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to take responsibility. What a wonderful thing it is to take responsibility rather than blame shift. We can easily blame shift and say, it's all your fault. What you did to the Aborigines, what you did with abortion, what you did with gay marriage, what you did, what you did, what you did, what you did, it's all your fault. Rather than saying, if my people were called by my name, will humble themselves. And then it goes on and it doesn't stop there, but it says, we'll pray and seek my face. See, God's calling us to step up and increase our prayer life. You know what? Before the fire started, God laid upon my heart to start this year with a 21-day fast. I didn't even know the fires were coming. I didn't know about that. But God says, get yourself ready and pray and fast. And so, and so guess what? I'm adding another five days to the fast. It's okay. I can do 26. I can do 26. I can join those that's starting today and add an extra five days. But I started on the first. Who else joined me on the first? There you go. So, oh my goodness, did I get some migraines with a short with Christmas coming out? I'm telling you, I suffered for two days, just went through two intense days of migraines with the sugar and toxins and all that sort of stuff coming out. But I feel so much better now, praise God. This is my first day where I haven't had a migraine uh, for days, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. But I'm feeling better, glory to God. Well, pray, seek my face. See, You just can't fast without adding prayer to it. Prayer is a powerful force. And you know what I felt today in all of us praying together? That was a powerful force. Then we'll do it again in the 11 o'clock service. A very powerful force added to fasting. It's very powerful. Then it calls not only only seek our face, but turn from our wicked ways. It's it's about the church focusing in on godliness. It's, It's about the church being different to the world. You know, seriously, church. I want us to be a light in the darkness, not a finger of condemnation in the darkness. We just got to be people that stand out because there's something on us that's godly. We can't be like the world. We've got to be different to the world. And the Bible calls us to be godly, righteous people, not wicked, not joining everybody else. And there being no difference from us in the world except for our theology. There's got to be more than theology to be the difference between us and the world. There's got to be something in our lifestyle that's godly and righteous. You know what's sad? That sometimes non-Christians can be more righteous than Christians. And you say, well, what's sad about I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm saying I want as much righteousness in the world as possible. But, but when, when people that are not even Christians are generous and considerate and hospitable, how much more should we be generous and hospitable and gracious? You know, let's let let not let never the church be the place where people are fearful to come in because all they'll find is condemnation rather than grace. Let's be people whose arms are opened, whose arms are saying, Come on, we love you, we care for you, we are generous, we're helpers of people all the time, helpers of people. And 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 I tell you, this is one of the big challenges that I had to overcome. From my childhood days, where the church was the finger of condemnation, we kind of felt that that our message was a message of of judgment and a message of of of, of hate and a message that just pointed the finger. Whereas God's calling people to good news, 
And, and I'm, I'll talk about that a little bit later on. It's not bad news that we need to be proclaimers of. It's good news. And people won't even listen to your good news if all they find is an angry face pointing at them and telling them how bad and how terrible and how miserable they are rather than lovers of people. Jesus was a lover of people. Can anybody say amen to that? Jesus was incredibly attractive to people. And guess what? Once you've attracted people, then you can direct people. You can't direct people. A long time ago, I, I got this analogy that was just so clear to me. And the analogy was simply this. You can't clean a fish before you catch it. And too often what's happening is the church are trying to clean the fish before they catch them. They're trying to make them clean before they're caught. And if you try to clean a fish before you catch it, the fish is going to slip away. Catch the fish first. Then you can clean it. Glory to God. Can anybody say amen? The three people thought that was amazing. Okay. So... Do you know, do you know what I, and this is, so this is our part. Our part is what we need to do, humble ourselves, pray, and turn from ungodliness, turn from wickedness, and turn to godliness. And then the Bible says that if you do those three things, not the world, but the church, then this is what God will do. This is the promise of God. I will hear from heaven, I will forgive your sins, and I will heal your land. So this is what God will do. He will turn things around. God will hear from heaven. He'll forgive us for, for whatever. And, and sometimes the forgiveness that we need is not stepping up. Sometimes the forgiveness we need is being prayerless in a time of this, of not being generous enough and being condemnatory in, in all these things that, that, that we need to ask God's forgiveness. Because sometimes we get so proud that actually what God considers sin, we think is holy. And God thinks, no, that's unrighteous. You're like the scribes and Pharisees, finger pointing all the time instead of outstretched arms embracing. You say, oh, you're compromising. You're a compromiser. I'm not a compromiser. I'm a truth teller. I, 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 I hate sin, but I love righteousness. And guess what? I love righteousness more. I love righteousness more. Anyway, so, so then, then, then what happens is this, that God will heal our land. Something's got to happen. And, uh, and prayer does that. You know, you know what I find fascinating about these fires? That, that atheists are praying. I, I, saw, I saw this news clip of, of this, this, this person that said, when I saw the fire coming, I started praying. And I'm an atheist. He sort of prayed. How many of you saw that news clip? He, I, I'm an atheist, but I started praying. And you know what I thought to myself? In the midst of danger, there are no atheists. Uh, that God creates crisis for people to pray. And an amazing thing that in the midst of crisis, people pray. And if the atheists pray, how much more should we, the saints of God, be praying? Hello? And so this is where, we, you know, I really feel the church, we are called to step up. We are beginning the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Let's step up. Here's another funny story that I find funny in the Bible. It's found in the book of Jonah, chapter 1. How many of you remember the story in Jonah, chapter 1, where Jonah runs away from God? God says, I want you to preach the gospel to the Ninevites. I want you to pray for them. I want you to lead the way. And Jonah turns away and tries to do his own thing, catches a ship, goes off to Tarshish, and then a storm is sent. 
a storm is sent, and here's Jonah in the midst of pagans. And in the midst of the storm, what do the pagans do? Who can tell me what the pagans all do in the midst of the storm? They all start praying, except for Jonah. The only one that's not praying is the Son of God. And he's downstairs having a big pity party. Everybody's saying, listen, I don't care what God you believe in. I don't, you know, whatever, whatever God you believe in, you pray to your God somewhere, somewhere. Someone on the ship must have the right God. Let's all pray. And Jonah's the only one not praying. You know, I find this amazing. The people in the midst of crisis, it's like an instinct to pray. How much more should we? Let's not be a Jonah hiding away from prayer, but let's step up. God's asking his people to step up. How many of you want to be one of those people that step up? Uh, Come on, put your hand on your heart. I want you to put your hand on your heart right now. and I want you to say, Lord, help me step up my prayer life. You're calling me to pray. And today, I commit myself to step up my prayer life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Second thing that I feel God's saying at this time is not only is God asking his people to step up, but I believe it's our time to shine. I really believe that God's calling us to shine. Isaiah chapter 60 is another word that God gave me for this prophetic word for today. And not only for today, but for this year. Isaiah 60, 1 to 3. Very powerful passage of scripture. And simply it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will rise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles will come to your light kings to the brightness of your rising i really believe this the greater the darkness the brighter the light the greater the darkness the brighter the light and sometimes what what we do is that we curse the darkness rather than shining the light and i and i really believe that in a world of darkness we need to rise and shine and and let the light shine out of our lives and there's something different upon us there's something bright upon us and the bible tells us that, uh, that God will send Gentiles to our light. That word Gentiles basically means non-Christians, people that, that are pre-Christians God's going to send to us because there's something about the light. There's something that's, that's about the light that's incredibly attractive, especially when there's darkness. Light is attractive. And God's saying to his people, it's time to rise up and shine. Come on, let the light, just get rid of the junk that puts out the light. God doesn't want you to have junk in your life that puts out your light, but let the light shine. I've had a lot more things, but my time is running away and we want to pray for everybody. Third thing I want to say is this. It's time to be spiritually switched on. Spiritually switched on. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. 
Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn in Zion, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Often we seek the anointing for us, but the Bible says that the anointing is for others. And in a few moments, we're going to anoint you all with oil. And, and yes, we do want you to be blessed, but beyond you being blessed, we want you to be a blessing. Yes, we want, and, and I really believe that God wants to break through in your life. I really believe that God wants you this year to see incredible breakthroughs in your family, in your life. But I believe beyond that, God wants to anoint you to take blessings to others. I really believe that God wants to anoint you. And the Bible, he says, there's four purposes for the anointing. And the first purpose is to preach the good news to the poor, to those without it, to those that are, that are impoverished because they don't have the gospel. We, we, are, we are bringers of good news. And what a wonderful thing it is to tell the whole world that Jesus loves them, that God has a purpose for them, that God wants to, to bless their lives and turn their things around and take away their sin, give them a hope and a future. Wonderful things that God has in store for us. It's the gospel of good news. That's what gospel means, good news. It's a great message. God only wants us to bring good news. He also wants to bring healing. Healing to the broken. Not just those that are brokenhearted, but those who are broken in spirit, soul, and body. To bring healing to them. That's the second thing that God wants us to do. The third thing that God wants us to do is to set people free from their bondages. People that are in prison. People that are captive. Can't see the future. Can't see hope. Can't see what is, is a possibility. God wants us to help bring them out in the mighty name of Jesus. And then I love this. The fourth thing is the turnaround. God wants us to lead people in the turnaround. There's a turnaround coming. Everybody say turnaround. And I love this. The turnaround is beauty for ashes. You know, some, and, and could it be more pertinent in this ash cloud that Australia is living in, that God says, I, I want to turn your, your ashes into beauty. I, I want to there's a turnaround coming. At the moment, all you can see is ash. But there's a turnaround coming. Come on up, Liz. There's a turnaround coming. There's beauty that's going to come out of this ash. There's beauty that's going to come out of the destruction. God is able to turn things around. And we've got to be people that bring hope to devastation. Hope. I, I, love, I love hearing people saying, and it's almost a cliche, we will rebuild. You know, you can hear it on every person's lips. You know, you know my house got burned down, but we will rebuild. I love that everybody needs hope that this is not the end. This is not the end that God can turn everything around and we need to be people that bring that message. Comfort for those who mourn. Oil of joy for, uh, uh, for, for mourning and garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that we might be the trees of righteousness. Righteous. In a moment, we're going to anoint you with oil. The way we're going to do it is this. We're going to ask you to come down this aisle and in this aisle, there's going to be Anne and I and then in that aisle, there's going to be Pastor Adrian and Pastor Helen. And we want you to come down the aisle. If you're coming down this aisle, 
get prayed for and then go out that way. And if you come down this aisle, get prayed for and then go out that way. We can have the musicians come on up. All the, all the musicians can come up. And um, we're going to be singing a song as we pray for people. But I just want you to get this this morning. That God has called us to step up, to shine, and to be switched on. God has called us to step up, to shine, and to be switched on. Not stay where we are. Not just mingle and be like everybody else. Or to be switched off because we don't believe that we've got anything to offer. We're going to anoint you with oil so you can be switched on and believe that you've got something to offer. So that wherever you go, you're taking something of God's anointing, God's presence. He said, but John, I've got my own problems. Yeah, well, we're going to pray for God to heal you of your problems. But don't wait for you to be perfect before you can bless others because you'll never do it. If that were the case, I'd still be waiting. Hello? God wants to anoint you with fresh oil, and it's the Spirit of God that will do it. All He wants is your willingness. He wants to bless you so you can bless others. He wants to do something special in you so that you can bless others today. Some of you have come to church, and and you're not even quite, you don't even know why you're here. You just say, well, I was just dragged along here. Well, you know, God brought you here to give you a message of hope. That he sent his son into this world to break through for you. He is your breakthrough. Jesus is your peace. Jesus is your breakthrough. And Jesus is the one who can turn your situation around. And you know what? Today, I I welcome you to come to be blessed so that you can be a blessing. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.